like a little fall ball. The Major League Baseball playoffs have begun. Two teams have emerged from the wild card playoffs, the Dodgers and the Red Sox. They're playing the Giants and the Rays, respectively, in the division series. The Giants entered the playoffs with the most regular season wins, 107 games. That's impressive. The Braves went into the postseason with the fewest wins, 88. And even though they faced the Brewers with a better record, the Braves won eight out of their last season's games. The White Sox won seven of their last ten. Can they beat the Astros? Baseball is streaky. Are you hot or not? You can't rely on your past record. It only matters if you're winning today. Thankfully, God's plan of redemption is not this way. We're not saved by our record, but through faith in Christ's perfect score. He was 10 for 10 in keeping the law. Hallelujah. What a Savior. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing with you the great story that's all about Jesus. And we're wrapping up a series this week called Your God, My God. It is in the opening to the book of Ruth, where Ruth follows her mother-in-law, Naomi, back to the promised land and says, Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. And that's where our title to this program comes from. God works through our blunders. Elimelech blundered by leaving the promised land. He led his family away from Bethlehem in search of bread, It was a time of famine. Less than a 50-mile walk east and then around the north side of the Dead Sea and down again to the land of Moab, where there was no famine, but paganism abounded in the fertile valleys. No sooner had they arrived than his sons married Moabite women, forbidden for God's people. But then Elimelech the father died, and then the sons died, leaving two widows. Naomi, the wife and mother, was left a widow. She was left with two daughters-in-law who were widows. And of those two daughters-in-law, only one widow, Ruth, decided to return with her mother-in-law widow, Naomi, to Bethlehem in the Promised Land, which translated means house of bread. The blundering was over. And through the rest of this little book, the hand of the Lord is obvious. The book of Ruth ends with a summary of the genealogy of King David. The dream of God's mercy comes full circle. Those seemingly abandoned by God now see his mighty hand, the hand of God in covenant blessing reaching out to them. Ruth married again after recognizing Yahweh as her God. She married Boaz and they had a son. And the line from which Jesus was born long after David is preserved. Today, I want us to look at the end of this great story, and we'll see more interesting connections between the fallenness we see all through the Old Testament and the story of redemption that God was weaving, using sinners like you and me to bring about his plan of salvation through his son, Jesus Christ. It's my prayer that our time together in these minutes will bless you as much as it has blessed me to prepare it. And after the program, I want to give you a chance to join us in sharing this great story of redemption. When you make a gift to Haven today, 
you'll be partnering with us to keep sharing the story of Jesus with literally millions. And as a thank you, I want to send you the Case for Christ DVD. It's the story of Lee Strobel, who wanted to prove Christianity was wrong. And he used his investigative skills as a journalist in Chicago to talk with all sorts of experts. And it doesn't ruin the fun of watching the movie to tell you that he ultimately came to know Jesus. I know you'll enjoy watching it. Even more, it's a great DVD to share with skeptical family and friends to start conversations about your Lord. So after the program, call us. Make your gift. We'll send you a copy of the Case for Christ DVD. And let us know if you'd like to make an extra gift to send a copy directly to a skeptical friend or family member. Our number to call after the program is 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN. Or watch some of the movie and make your gift on our website at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And now we open the program with Pat Barrett here on a program called Your God, My God. In my mother's womb You formed me with your hands Known and loved by you Before I took a breath And when I doubted, Lord, remind me I'm wonderfully made Cause you're an artist and a potter From the canvas and and you make all things work together for my future and for my good. And you make all things work together for your glory.
This is Haven Today, opening with Canvas and Clay by Pat Barrett, and I'm Charles Morris. Thank you for taking some time out of your life to join me and dig into God's Word. The book of Ruth is a love story that begins with heartache. It also opens with the blunder of God's people depending on themselves and not depending totally on the Lord. But an even greater love story unfolds, the Lord's enduring love for His people. And that includes you, if you call Jesus your Savior and Lord. Yahweh God called his people then and is still calling us today to show love and faithfulness to our family, to our neighbors, for whom Christ lived and gave his life. Now, on our weekday program Thursday, we looked into the final two chapters of this short four-chapter love story. Boaz became the kinsman redeemer of Ruth when they married and a child was born. Boaz also became a kinsman redeemer to Naomi, the mother and the wife of the late Telemelech. In chapter 4, Boaz took Ruth to be his wife. The marriage was consummated, and the Lord gave her conception, and she bore a son. Imagine a small Jewish town like Bethlehem and all those Jewish women, each offering Naomi pieces of advice. But more than just village gossips, the women were actually used to prophesy, Blessed be the Lord, who has not left you this day without a Redeemer, and may his name be renewed in Israel. He shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons, has given birth to him. And it was the women of the neighborhood who gave him a name, saying, A son has been born to Naomi. That's the grandmother. And they named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. Obed means the one who serves. We've talked more than once over the past week about the meaning of names in not just Ruth, but the entire Hebrew Bible. There is the nuance in Obed's name that he is also the servant of Yahweh. Ruth and Obed were ancestors of King David, and then, of course, of Christ Jesus. As the Lord blessed Boaz and Ruth in marriage and with a child, Naomi's friends celebrated God's merciful redemption. So today, as the Lord blesses you, you can let others know of his kindness so that they may celebrate with you. He restores your life. He guards your future through the blessings of his beloved son. What style of writing is there in the book of Ruth? Well, it's narrative, meaning it's a story. It's a beautiful narrative, although not everything is spelled out. There are hints and there are even winks. You read the story, but you can also read between the lines. There are allusions and resonances to other parts of the Bible that enhance the meaning. Part of the context that helps us get the meaning of Ruth. This story resonates with similarities to a story in Genesis 19. The original readers would have picked up on that. Lot fled the judgment God brought down on Sodom. His wife and his two sons-in-law were killed by the fire and brimstone raining down on that evil city. It was just Lot 
and his two daughters who made it out safely and then were found living in a cave. The daughters concocted a plan to get pregnant. Here we go again. God's people blundering. They got their father drunk. They slept with their own father. And their plan worked. They both became pregnant. And the first baby was born to the oldest daughter, and his name was, wait for it, Moab. Hence, the name of the land where Ruth was born. So many similarities. That was the story of Ruth's people. It was pretty sordid. But we are meant to see the contrast between that story and this beautiful story in Ruth chapter 3. And to see Ruth and Boaz in light of the contrast, their honor of parents and dignity and restraint and protectiveness and honesty and trust in God, that, my friend, is a perfect contrast. We're also meant to see that Ruth not only had a new God and a new people, she was given a new story. The Lord had made her part of his story. And that's what he's done for us who have met Jesus. So much can be drawn for us in our time from his great redemptive story leading to Jesus. Lessons out of more than biblical history. I'm thinking of a book that I'm reading right now. It's a brilliant biography by Eric Larson of Winston Churchill. It was World War II and the Blitz was on. America and Canada had not yet entered the war. England was gasping for air, and the Hitler Luftwaffe was pressing in, trying to destroy the island nation. They almost did. U-boats were sinking more and more tons of food and needed ammunition every month to bring the island nation to its knees. Franklin Roosevelt, President of the United States, had dispatched his close friend Harry Hopkins to send back reports on how America could help. He was scheduled for two weeks in England, but stayed for four. Let me share how Larson tells the story, speaking of Hopkins and Churchill. The group gathered at the Station Hotel in Glasgow for a small dinner party. Churchill's doctor, Wilson, sat beside Hopkins and was struck anew by how disheveled the man looked. Speeches followed. At length, it was Hopkins' turn. Hopkins stood and turned to face Churchill. I suppose you wish to know what I am going to say to President Roosevelt on my return. Well, this was an understatement. Churchill was desperate to know how well his courtship of Hopkins was progressing and what indeed he would tell the president. Well, Hopkins said, I'm going to quote you one verse from that book of books in the truth of which my own Scottish mother was brought up. Hopkins dropped his voice to a near whisper and recited a passage from the Bible's book of Ruth. Whether thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and their God my God. And then even more softly he added, even to the end. That final phrase is not found in Ruth, but certainly captures the point of the moment. That true account speaks worlds to us today. And all we have seen occur these past couple of years, decades after the close of World War II. Now let's get back to the original source, God's word in the book of Ruth, a love story between Boaz and Ruth, but leading us to an even greater love story on to David 
and then on to Jesus. Redemption played out in real life, but foretelling the great salvation that was coming when Christ was born and then died. This story provides a better perspective of the spirituality of Israel in the generations after the time of Joshua. Ruth opens by telling the period of time in which it took place in the times of the judges. It was Jerome who spent his life in a monk's cell in Bethlehem, who took the Hebrew Bible and first translated the Hebrew into Latin, from which years later we gained the King James Bible. It was the scholar Jerome who placed the order of judges before the sidebar love story of Ruth. According to the book of Judges, most of Israel apostatized. The book of Ruth shows the Lord preserved a remnant, a godly family and community, in Bethlehem during that dark era. Set in the dark and bloody period of the Judges, when oppressors invaded the land and the Israelite tribes even fought one another, this cameo of a covenant family that sacrificed for one another and provides plenty for the empty and rest for the wanderers, presents a striking alternative to the social chaos brought on by apostasy. Moreover, God's judgment during this time took the form of famine and the oppressor's sword. And then there is that Hebrew word that's hard to translate into English. I've used it more than once over this past week, and that word is hesed. God's faithfulness, God's love, the kind of hesed that endures forever. There are three full-fledged characters in the book of Ruth. There is, of course, Ruth, there is Naomi, and there is Boaz. Naomi goes from a despairing widow to a joyful mother. Ruth goes from a humble, dependent slave widow to a mother of full social stature. And then Boaz from a godly but hesitant kinsman to an assertive but humble, sacrificing redeemer. It is a story dealing with the providence of God as manifested in the changing identity of the young widow who accepts a new people, a new God, and a new husband when she follows her mother-in-law back home to Bethlehem. Can't you see this picture poured out in a book that ends with a genealogy that leads us to King David, that leads us to the genealogy of Matthew, which takes us from Boaz and his mother Rahab all the way to the birth of the Messiah. If ever a place to see even the Old Testament through the Jesus lens, it is this book, this book of Ruth, empty to full, death to life, Jesus is the ultimate Savior. Loved with everlasting love, led by grace that love to know, gracious spirit from above, you have taught me it is so. Oh, this full and perfect peace, all oh, this transport all divine In a love which cannot cease I am His, He is mine In a love which
which cannot cease I am His and He is mine Heaven above is softer blue Earth around is sweeter green Something lives in every hue Christless eyes have never seen Birds with gladder songs overflow Flowers with deeper beauty shine Since I know, as now I know I know as now I know I am his and he is mine is forever only his who the Lord and me shall part I with what a rest of bliss Christ can fill the loving heart Heaven and earth may fade and flee Firstborn light in gloom decline But while God and I shall be I am His and He is mine But while God and I shall be, I am His, and He is Wayne Watson there on Haven Today. I'm his and he is mine. Thank you so much for joining me on this program. We're calling your God, my God. Juliet once asked, what's in a name? Of course, she was wondering about Roses and Romeo in Shakespeare's classic play. And as we've looked at this book of Ruth, we see names do mean something and even have powerful meanings. Only the Holy Spirit can weave real people with real names that have deep insights into the real story of redemption. To see God's sovereign hand at work in Ruth's life is nothing but inspiring. And I think that's what I enjoy so much about Lee Strobel's conversion story. He was a man whose name was known for hard-boiled journalism. He'd won awards for investigative reporting. And only a sovereign God could use those skills to lead Lee to investigate Christianity. Of course, he thought he was going to disprove it. But God was doing a great work of redemption and brought him to faith in Jesus. I want to send you this story called The Case for Christ DVD for your gift to Haven Today. I know you'll be greatly encouraged as you watch Lee's spiritual journey to Christ But don't miss the opportunity that this movie can give for you to share Jesus with skeptical friends or family. Invite them over. 
order some pizza, enjoy the movie, and then ask the Lord to open doors to talk about faith and Jesus. So I invite you to call us right now. I invite your generosity and request your copy then of the Case for Christ DVD. Call us right now, won't you? And the number to call is 800 654 2836. That's 800 65 Haven. And let us know if you'd like to send another copy to someone you love. We can do that for your generosity and we can ship it directly to them. You can also give by visiting our website, haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And while you're there, watch the movie trailer and listen to the extended interview I did with Lee on our Great Stories podcast. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you so much for joining me. Won't you come back again next time when again we get to share together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. For your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. The most important thing for any Christian living through life in this world isn't exactly what they say or they believe. We all believe in Christ, or at least we say we do. We know the correct statements. 1 Peter 4, 6 doesn't let us off the hook that easy, though. Above all, he says, love each other deeply. And Why? because love covers a multitude of sins. To love others deeply, above all, having a concern for them and their needs, not our own. Even those who sin against us, we love them and we cover them. Well, that's just what Christ has done for us, isn't it? His blood washes us clean. His love covers our multitude of sins against Him. Let Anchor Devotional help you spend more time in God's Word. Visit GetAnchor.com.